Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, July 29th. Have a fantastic show for all of you listeners today. Joining us later on in the podcast is a returning guest here on our Cracked Rackets show, CEO of the World Team Tennis Organization. Carlos Silva joins us to talk about the home stretch of this 2020 World Team Tennis season, to talk about how his organization has managed to hold an event to this sort of scale in the midst of a global pandemic. We talk about, you know, how important it is to be able to have a facility such as the Greenbrier. Of course, we talk about how the safety and health regulations have put everyone in a position to where they've administered over 750 COVID-19 tests, and every test they've gotten back has been returned negative. So what World Team Tennis continues to prove if proper care, proper safety and health measures are put in place and all of the players are accountable, they're responsible, they're following those guidelines, all of the staff as well, that an event such as World Team Tennis can be played. And I've said this every day, I think, since the season started. So much credit goes out to both Carlos and the entire World Team Tennis organization for the immense amount of hard work that they have put into ensuring this sort of season can go on to ensuring fans across the globe will have some, get the chance, I suppose, the opportunity to see their favorite top professionals back on the court. And it has been such a delightful season. So, of course, you know, not only talking about the logistical challenges, everything that's gone into making this 2020 World Team Tennis season happen, uh, but of course, we talk with Carlos about the level of play we've seen some of the top performers what fans can expect down the home stretch and again some of the early lessons they've learned as they begin to build off of this season head into the 2021 season which you know again that is a lifetime away for all of us right now but you know it's a fantastic conversation with Carlos Silva who's always candid who's never going to hold back you know I mentioned this earlier in the week him and I got in a bit of a, a discussion we'll say a heated discussion on tennis Twitter and you know, fortunately, you listeners may not know this. Carlos and I are the type of guys who like those sort of discussions. We like getting after getting after someone we disagree with. Uh, but of course, then we text each other the next, and it's laughs and it smiles, and you're going to hear that throughout this conversation. So, really looking forward to all of you listeners hearing that. Uh, before we get to that, I want to talk about a little bit of news from the professional tennis world because the Western and Southern uh, Western and Southern acceptance lists entry lists officially released. So we got news of. when we are going to see and which of our favorite top players we are going to see begin play in New York, at least as of now, these players are signed up for the first event in the three-week bubble swing in New York. And again, some interesting names on the list, perhaps even more interesting, some of the names not on the list, particularly on the women's side. So I want to talk a little bit about that. I will offer a World Team Tennis standings update as well, uh, just so all of you know where we head heading into the home stretch. Talk about the little bit 
bit of drama that happened for the Battle of the Brits, all of that and more just to keep all of you listeners up to date on what is happening this beautiful Wednesday, July 29th in the professional tennis world. Of course, the reason we were able to give you these updates day in, day out here on our Cracked Rackets podcast is because of the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports. And for more than 30 years, Midwest Sports has been serving as one of the world's premier tennis equipment suppliers by offering a comprehensive selection of fast shipping tennis supplies that few retailers can match. They also have one of the largest in-stock inventories of tennis equipment online, with tens of thousands of products available for shipping directly from their automated warehouse to your front door. They value innovation and have personally tailored their products to highlight your skills on the court. Their well-trained staff are also intimately familiar with tennis equipment and can help you find that perfect racket, perfect shoe, or perfect tennis clothing that is sure to put you ahead of the competition. Their selections of equipment are consistently first to market, and they pride themselves in stocking their warehouse with the newest products at the lowest prices. You can find all of these products, all of these prices, by going to their website, MidwestSports.com. Once you're there, I promise you're going to find some gear you like. You're going to want to make a purchase. Well, know that you can save an extra 15% in your pocket. You can get free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75, and perhaps best of all, you can get a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls by using Using our promo code CR15, you'll also let them know that we sent you there, something that is greatly appreciated for us here at Cracked Rackets. Uh, But most importantly, again, Midwest Sports just wants to ensure you have everything you need to make your return to the court a successful one. So go to MidwestSports.com, use that promo code CR15. Now, of course, I continue to say this, but what's the equation? Look good, feel good, play good. We've mastered the look good with the Midwest Sports. Now we want you to feel good out there so that you can play good. Well, that's where our friends at Aerobar come in. The only tennis-specific energy bar in the business, more potassium than a single banana, delicious cinnamon, honey, oat, and chocolate chip flavors, and more importantly, it comes with a podcast as well, as we have been so excited, uh, so in, we've so enjoyed working with Andrew Golub, Mark Aerosmith on our Thursdays, getting to the point podcast episodes where we focus on the nutrition and health and its importance in the modern game of tennis. I mean, so many great guests, right? Bjorn Fratangelo, Jay Berger, Michael Russell, Richard John Mentz. Uh, Ivan Barron, Billy Pate, I think I just named them all, Trip Phillips, Lauren Embry. Uh, it's been an outstanding sequence of episodes, so if you've missed any of those, go check them out. But of course, the way you can support our friends at Aerobar, support those Getting to the Point episodes, going to aerobar.com, purchasing yourself some bars when you're there. Use our promo code CRACKED15. You'll get 15% off your order as well. And again, it's the it's the right way to start your day. You're putting in the sort of nutrients, the sort of sugars you need that aren't going to make you feel drowsy later on. They're not going to make you feel heavy, but they're just going to get you started. They're just going to have you get that little pep in your step we are all looking for. That's what our friends at Aerobar can provide. So go to aerobar.com. Use that promo code CRACKED15. Again, Midwest Sports, Aerobar, Cracked Rackets, hoping to make all of us look good, feel good, so that when we return to the court, we can play good as well. Aerobar.com, the promo code is CRACKED15. All right, with that being said, again, want to get to my conversation with Carlos Silva. Feel obliged to offer you all a couple of details on what's going on in the professional tennis world. Now, later on in the week, and it's either going to be tomorrow or Thursday, I guess tomorrow is Thursday, so it's going to be tomorrow or Friday. Let's try that again. And if I had to guess, I'm going to say it will be tomorrow's podcast, although again, it very well could be Friday as well. Um, 
we're going to talk about the Western and Southern. We're going to talk about the U.S. Open. We're going to talk about this prospective three-week stretch in New York, how likely it is to happen at this point. I've been having conversations throughout the tennis world with you know various people that we have grown acquainted with here at Cracked Rackets. Uh, you know, I want to bring on a fellow journalist as well who might have some other inside info just to provide the full picture for you listeners. But we all learned a bit of the picture. It became a bit clearer over these past uh, – at least this morning on Wednesday, as we finally got to see the acceptance list, who has entered into the Western and Southern portion of the field, and what we can expect to see from those players. So let's start with the women's side, because I think there's a little bit more news on that portion. You look at the top-ranked players who have entered the draw, you get five of the top 10. Number three, Carolina Pliskova. Number four, Sophia Kennan. Number seven, Kiki Bertens. Eight, Belinda Bencic. Nine, Serena Williams. You ask yourself, who's missing from this list. You know, Simona Halep has been very outspoken in the fact that she is not comfortable coming to New York to play this stretch of events. It's not a surprise at all to see her not in the draw. Same deal with Bianca Andreescu, right? We've known we aren't going to see her. She's still struggling with injury. That is not a loss that is unexpected. Some of the names that were a little bit, I suppose, Unexpected is the wrong word for someone like Alina Svitolina because she's indicated that she wasn't perfectly comfortable. So to see her not in the Cincy draw, uh, not shocking. But here's some of the top 50 players who are not going to be at the WTA Western and Southern Cincy quote-unquote event this year. No Ashley Barty, no Simona Halep, no Alina Svitolina, no Andrescu, no Naomi Osaka, no Petra Martic, Angelique Kerber, Chiang Wang, Anastasia Pavelchenkova, uh, no Shui Zhang, no Sloane Stevens, no Julia Gerges, no Ostapenko, no Herzog. This is, again, from at Anna K underscore forever. That's seven slam champions missing. Now, some of them may pop up and come back and play in New York, but certainly that's a lot of notable names. And you look at, you know, positions 11 through 20, I think only the 15th ranked player in the world isn't going to be there. But we do have people like Kapalenka, Kvitova, Keys, Kanta, Muguruza, Rybakena, Vandrusova, Risk, Sakari, Kanteve, Mertens, Vekic, Yastremska, Mukova. Again, predominantly loaded field. And that was something we were always curious about is the integrity of the field going to be compromised? Are we not going to see top players because they feel reservations, because they aren't comfortable going back out there and competing? And is that going to lead every event held in 2020 to have an asterisk next to it because the level of competition isn't what would suffice? for us, you know, fans, us stuffy fans, by the way, who feel like we have a right to complain that the field's not good enough in the midst of a global pandemic. By the way, I apologize. I'm not saying any of you cracked rackets fans because you're way more intelligent than that. You're far better educated. You wouldn't make a sloppy point like that. Um, But there is a sentiment out there that should these events mean as much, given we're not going to see the entire field, I think it's the exact opposite. It's the fact that we are even seeing this many top 50 players that we're getting to see any professional tennis at all. It's a luxury right now. It is something that is not necessary. It is something as tennis fans, we should cherish that opportunity uh, to see all of these players in actions. But certainly it was surprising to see, again, uh, 
this quantity of top 10 players in particular. And again, the top 10 players are the ones who are the most financially financially comfortable, right? They're the ones who least need to take a risk at playing an event like this, put themselves in a position where even potentially COVID-19 could enter their lives. So it's not completely unexpected, uh, but certainly it is notable that that many players on the women's side are holding out. And by the way, as we mentioned yesterday, some of the prize money changes in Cincinnati, uh, in particular for the men, uh, you know, it being staggered towards the earlier rounds. So if you're in the round of 16, round of 32, round of 64, you make uh, the same, if not more, money than uh, the, the the equivalent of people who reached that result last year. It's, you know, winners, finalists, semifinalists, quarterfinalists who see the prize money uh push down a little bit. And again, that makes a lot of sense, as we mentioned, uh, given that it, you know, the top 50, top 20 players are the ones far more comfortable uh, financially than the ones below that. So certainly you want to offer them opportunity to win as much prize money as possible uh, in as as efficient way as possible. Uh, That was something we talked about yesterday, though. Just wanted to remind all of you listeners of that fact, because you start to look at the men's draw, folks, this is a loaded men's strong. Yeah, no Roger Federer, but that was something we knew was going to happen regardless given his injury, given the fact that he's out for the season. Djokovic in, doesn't shock anyone. Rafa Nadal being in, that is surprising. And again, he's got to fly to New York first. He's actually got to be on site for this to matter, for this to count. You can enter yourself in any tournament, right? But unless you're actually there playing it, what does it really matter? And we've seen Nadal exclusively almost practicing on red clay as of late. That being said, Djokovic, Nadal, both in the draw. I don't think it's going to surprise anyone to see Dominic Team in the draw, nor Medvedev, Tsitsipas, Zverev, Berrettini. They're all locked in. Goffin is in. RBA is in. Schwartzman's in. Rublev, Hachinov, Shapovalov, Guerin, Grigor Dimitrov, healthy now in. FAA, Isner, Benoit Pair. I think you've got all but two or three of the top 30. Uh, of course, it also feels worth noting Kevin Anderson, a direct entry in as well, uh, given he's coming off of injury. Nikita Kyrgios is signed up in the draw. That's a little surprising given how hesitant he seems to be to come over to North America. And I do expect us to see a couple of more withdrawals moving forward. Uh, But again, very, very interesting to see this many players signed up for the list, uh, signed up for this event. It speaks to the fact that they're all relishing, all cherishing that rare opportunity for them to earn a little bit of money, to perform their jobs, make a little bit of income. Uh, certainly, again, it's notable how many top players are in on both the men's side. Uh, and it speaks to, again, I think a fact that will accentuate this detail. The challengers acceptance list came out for Prague and for Tati today. The cutoff for the Prague 125 is a ranking of 184. For Tadi, the cutoff is 188. Rudolf Mulliker, ranked 189, did not make the original cut of either event. There are also only three additional futures tournaments that week. What do these factoids tell us, folks? These players are ready to play. They are itching to get back on court. And I am not saying you know, that they should feel a need to, that they need to rush back out. But it's exciting as a tennis fan. It's twofold, right? Of course, all of us miss tennis. Do you know how badly I miss going to livestream.com backslash ATP? I guess it's just slash ATP each and every day, watching four to six hours of challenger footage on top of everything else I'm doing. Of course, I miss that as part of my daily routine. We all miss that as tennis fans. None of us still would endorse rushing back, playing event if you couldn't, you know, ensure to the best of a reasonable 
ability because you can't ever guarantee 100% health during a global pandemic. But if we're not 99.9% sure that we're doing everything in our powers to ensure the safety and health of every player participant in an event, uh, then we're not doing our job as just tennis as an organization. Nevertheless, it's very encouraging to see this many players uh, ready to get back on tour. Hopefully, these events will be able to provide them a platform where, again, they can get get back to competing in a safe and healthy fashion. Uh, that was the big piece of news I wanted to cover. And again, Carlos Silva coming on the podcast shortly. So a couple of other things, and then we will get to that. Obviously, huge shout out to all of the ITA scholar athletes and all academic teams, the D1, D2, D3 men's and women's teams all officially coming out. I'm sure NAIA will as well shortly, but shout out to all of those student athletes, emphasis on student uh, what else? We had a little bit of drama. That's really the only other things to cover. And, you know, I miss the pettiness of on-court drama. I miss just being able to focus on that in my life, have that be a big factor, not worry about, hey, did I wear my mask? Do I have my gloves? Did I remember to wash my hands immediately upon coming home? All of these different things. Uh, but it was great to see a little bit of drama. You know, Kyle Edmund, Dan Evans, always going to be a little bit bad blood's the wrong word, but certainly rivalry between the two as they are both fighting for the top spot on the British men's tennis, you know, hierarchy. None of them, I suppose, in principle are going to, or in theory, will pass Andy, but certainly by level, by ranking, uh, they both have. And so, you know, yesterday, Evans beat uh, Edmund, his first win in a hotly contested exhibition. Uh, Evans, uh, or Edmund, I suppose, a little bit too, uh, a little bit too aggressive with his racket tap at the end. Evan, Dan Evans saying as much so as well. Evans, be, uh, this is from Tumani Careful, be very careful, Kyle, be very careful, mate. Evans afterwards, did you see what he did to my racket? He just teed my racket. When I put my racket there, he just absolutely belted my racket. Uh, someone else, I think he was kind of joking. I don't think it was serious. Evans, well, I think it was. Um, you got to love that, folks. Again, that's the sort of pettiness we have all missed from the Pro Tour. And then, of course, after that, to hear, uh, you know, if you follow Tennis Twitter closely, there was a Chorish Kyrios beef, you know, Kyrgios saying Chorich and Zirev, all of those guys not taking this global pandemic seriously enough. And again, there's a, a, a mode of truth, uh, a blade of truth to what Kyrgios is saying. But I don't want to get it involved in that sort of pettiness. I'm not taking sides. I want both Borna Chorich and Nick Kyrgios to be the best tennis players they can be. That's really all I care about here at Cracked Records. The other thing I care about immensely are the home stretch of this world team tennis season. It's been so great to see so many of our favorite pros back on tour, of course. Right now, you look at it, three playoff berths clinched, the Philadelphia Freedoms, Chicago Smash, Orlando Storm, all locked in their place, the Empire of New York, the Castles of Washington, the Breakers of Orange County, all on that bubble, all within a game of one another down this home stretch to compete for that fourth and final playoff spot, give themselves a chance to compete for the King Cup. The reason we are all able to see this exceptional competition, again, the immense amount of hard work put in by the World Team Tennis organization, and that is why we are so excited to be joined today by the head of that organization, the CEO of World Team Tennis, Carlos Silva, joining us on the podcast once again today. That conversation with Carlos coming up right now. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. 
Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Joining us on the podcast today is the CEO of World Team Tennis, a returning champion here on our Cracked Rackets podcast, the man providing us our first glimpse of pro action in far too long. Carlos Silva, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Alex. Good to talk to you guys. Uh, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show, and I can only imagine how busy you have been. We are in our final week of World Team Tennis. You know, how are you feeling coming down the home stretch? Yeah, no, it's been, uh, yeah, I think this is day, I think day 17. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been a long, a long 17 days, but a really a great 17 days. Uh, I think some great tennis. Uh, it's been, you know, all of our broadcast partners, I've gotten great feedback from, you know, everyone on social and, and, uh, you know, chatting with you uh, about, you know, just seeing live tennis. And I mean, I, I'm just amazed at how many great players we've got in world team tennis and the matches. I think it's just been, uh, just off the charts, good tennis. I mean, last night, uh, the match, you know, the Orlando storm, uh, uh, against the New York empire. And if you got the chance to see that Jack sock, um, the Jack sock had a Sangren match. I mean, it was it, the, te- the level of tennis was so high. It was unreal. So, uh, so far, so good. We're just keeping everybody safe, Alex, and just uh, working hard to get to the finals on Sunday. Yeah, and I don't think people understand how big of a tennis fan you actually are, and so I do want to ask you about the tennis, of course, but I think we have to start there. As you mentioned, day 17, there have been over 750 COVID-19 tests administered by the World Team Tennis team to the players, to everyone uh, operating as part of this World Team Tennis season, and every test has come back negative. You guys have proven, you know, despite criticism, despite whatever it may be, that you can pull off an event like this if safety and health procedures are followed you know to what do you owe the success to what do you credit for the fact that you know thus far and knocking on wood of course still but that every test returned has come back negative yeah look uh you know i think you gotta you gotta be a little humble right now i I mean look some of it's probably a little lucky uh for sure uh but i think you gotta give the credit to the staff and the players uh, I think everyone was diligent before they got here. Uh, I really think the procedures that we set up were uh, were very clean and organized and simple to follow. But the most important thing, Alex, is that we followed them to the T and we'll continue to follow them until we get past Sunday in the finals. And, uh, you know, I think the pretest was critical. Everybody came to the Greenbrier with a negative. Then, you know, they to even enter into the competition, you had to then get another negative test. So before anyone even hit their first ball, before any of the staff members started doing any of the work they needed to plan for the for the uh, for the season, they already had two negative tests. Um, Then, you know, if you if you think about it, just from how, you know, we've all learned a little more about COVID, all the players and all the staff have been together. And they've mostly only been with each other and they've all tested twice negative. So at least, you know, that you're hanging out every single day in a safe place with a bunch of other people that all have tested a couple of different times negative. And so, 
I think, you know, that along with keeping everyone safe and asking players to wear masks on their way to the stadium and um, and just being smart about visitors and not signing autographs and and not really having interaction with people that are outside of that negative test group has helped us to all stay negative. And so, uh, look, a couple more days, uh, as we've seen over the last few days in some other sports, uh, you never really know what could happen with COVID. So uh, I'm just, you know, I, I and our staff, we just, you know, came out of a meeting uh, to just review that, you know, it, it's Wednesday and every single day counts so that we can get through the season safe because that's the most important thing. No, absolutely. I'm knocking on wood throughout the duration of that answer, Carlos, just so you know, because again, that, <laughs> it has you. been such a pleasure that we haven't had to, you know, uh, really, we haven't seen any team infected or we haven't seen just a wave of players have to be removed because of some sort of slip up. And, you know, I've talked to players on site, talked to other media people who are around there, and there just seems to be, there's no resistance, there's no hesitance, there's no, you know, side complaining. I feel like the players and everyone involved in this season and have embraced those safety and health guidelines, of course, part of out of necessity, but also because they don't want to be difficult. And, you know, I I have to ask, I wouldn't be doing my job. Danielle Collins leaving the World Team Tennis Bubble uh, about a week ago now. You make that immediate decision to dismiss her for the rest of the year. Um, You know, what led to the thinking behind that decision? Was there really no other option? Yeah. Yeah. I I think really that's the answer. I mean, and I, you know, I said the same to Danielle, you know, we met with her, uh, you know, we met with the coaches and the general managers and, you know, unfortunately there was just, you know, there, there was no other option really. I mean, you know, she decided to leave and she had to go to Charlottesville. Um, There were a number of, you know, I think very, you know, valid reasons that she told us that she had to go to Charlottesville. But as I mentioned to her, you know, we should have just organized that better, together and um and you know we were getting ready for our midseason test and you know she wasn't here she was in charlottesville and so as a result of that um you know had to make a difficult decision to you know to dismiss her from the season but i think danielle was a great uh, you know great teammate uh you know she was playing well and you know certainly as we look at world team tennis in the future you know she's been part of the world team tennis family and um and she will be again and so uh, sometimes, though, you just have to follow the procedures and the rules and regulations. And, um, and you know, that was why we had to make that difficult decision. Yeah. And again, I think if you've I'm, I'm sure you have been tuned in. I, I don't think anyone has disagreed with that decision. Right. It's about maintaining the integrity of the safety, the health of the bubble and for everyone participating in the bubble. And, you know, you, you can't be lenient. You can't say, well, there's an exception for Danielle Collins because she's a top 60 player or whatever it may be. I think everyone associated with that decision appreciated the consistency of it, if you don't mind me saying. Um, I also know everyone uh, involved in this season has appreciated being on site at the Greenbrier to be trapped there for three weeks. Uh, you know, that that's all anyone can ask for during a quarantine session like this. And so curious your perspective on how helpful it has been to have the Greenbrier, have all the amenities offered to, you know, maintain the sanity of everyone who's there for three plus weeks. Oh, I think, I think Alex, absolutely. Um, so much of the credit goes to the Greenbrier and, and, you know, and, and a little bit to the league in selecting um, the Greenbrier. Um, absolutely. You know, we had a lot, we had a lot of choices. We could have gone to Texas. We could have gone to Florida. Uh, we could have gone to Las Vegas. Uh, and, you know, in hindsight, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty in this case for sure. 
Uh, we made 100% a great decision on coming to the Greenbrier. They've been great, uh, a great host for us. The stadium that we're playing in outdoors is beautiful. Uh, the weather's been great. And, and then on top of it, we've got a beautiful indoor facility that we've set up that uh, is 100 yards away from the outdoor. We've had a, you know, it's summertime here in West Virginia. There's thunderstorms from time to time. Uh, we've had about a 15 minute delay uh, and all the credit goes to our, you know, our production crew here at World Team Tennis. And, and you know, we have a, we have a rain delay. And as I like to say, we close the roof <laughs> and, uh, and we walk 100, <laughs> we, we walk 100 yards away. And next thing you know, we got first ball 15 minutes later and CBS, ESPN, Tennis Channel. I think they've all been very pleased with how quickly that transition has been when the, when the weather has affected us. But yeah, no, Greenbrier's been great. The food's great. The players are enjoying it. They're playing golf on their off days. They're they're going for walks. And um, if you haven't been to the Greenbrier, it's uh, I think in in our time right now, I don't think there's a a nicer place to be that feels open and with fresh air and you know beautiful beautiful landscape. And most importantly, have you been able to get your run, swim, bike morning routine in? Uh, you know, Alex, I've, uh, it is great. I've been up, I've been up early, you know, between sort of five thirty and six every morning and gotten my runs. I brought a bike with me. So I've been running and biking, uh, every morning. And then there's a beautiful indoor lap pool that I usually finish off my workout with a quick swim and, and did it, did it again this morning. And, uh, I got in six miles and I got in 10 miles on the bike. Uh, all the great ones so, do. Uh, yeah, Carlos. feel good. Yeah, no, all the great ones work that into their routines for sure. Have you considered lo- locking up fellow Eagle, Bo- uh, Boston College Eagle, Mark Lucero, in the nuclear bunker, just leaving him there? Uh, I, you know, Mark, I, Mark's had a great time here. I love, I love, <laughs> I love his his enthusiasm for the Eagles. He's awesome, and uh, and so yeah, he's been a great a great full time addition to the team. So yeah, Mark, Mark will definitely remain part of the World Team Tennis family for sure. Yeah, no, a huge shout out to him, to Nick Gisbanti, to everyone. You know, you, you could go on and on and on about the people who have made this World Team Tennis season so special. Uh, one thing I think that has also made it special, and of course it was a product of the circumstance, but something I brought up on Twitter that I, I think, you know, I, I, you came back at me a little bit on Twitter for this point, and what I think people don't realize is I actually would very much prefer when people uh, do that because I want to hear the response. I want to hear a counterpoint of thinking, but something I brought up about this World Team Tennis season, it seems pretty clear to me that watching these players uh, conduct themselves and just be around one another at the Greenbrier for this three-week stretch of time, I don't know if it's the camaraderie, I don't know if it's just the level of play, the fact that we haven't seen these players play in three weeks, but they all seem to very much enjoy, as we mentioned, being at the Greenbrier for the entire duration of this season. And so that got me thinking, is there an element to that where, of course, you know, as a brand you want world team tennis spread out across the country. You just uh, launched a new franchise in Chicago. It would be outrageous for them to never play a match in Chicago. But I don't know. Is there something to this being jetsoned off at one site the entire world team tennis se- season that you think adds to the allure, adds to the quality of play we've seen this year? Yeah, you know, Alex, and, and it was it was great going back and forth and, and bantering on Twitter. So you know, all all in good all in good fun and spirit to keep moving things ahead in tennis. But, but, but there's no, there's no doubt, Alex, that, that world team tennis will not be the same after this Mm -hmm. year. I mean, it just will, it will, it will change. 
How it'll change, I can't tell you, but I, I know what we've done here with the nine teams in one location, seeing all the players together, seeing them walk around. It feels more like a grand slam than World Team Tennis has ever felt with the crazy travel schedule that we usually have. So I think there's going to be many, many pieces of coming together in one location that we'll think about. You know, and in, and in some ways, Alex, let's not forget, we did this a little bit with the playoffs mm -hmm. last year in Vegas, where the four teams came into Vegas and we had the playoffs for the first time in a long time. And so in some ways, that was a little mini test of then bringing all nine teams together this year. Um, so I, I think we'll look at East Coast, West Coast. I think we'll look at conference championships on the East and the West. We'll look at bringing the playoffs together with all the teams again. I think many of those things are going to be the things that'll be on my plate along with um, along with the, the board as we talk about the, the, the success that we had in 2020 and how it re reshapes World Team Tennis, you know, in the next few years for sure. That yeah, you just nailed it. I was gonna say it's very similar. Uh, to, it reminds me of an extended All Star Weekend, right? Or as you mentioned, right. the playoffs right. in Vegas. And I'm sure these are all things. Again, let's get through this season safely, healthy, and then we'll worry about that sort of stuff after that. But right. yeah, it's certainly right. This idea of just having the nine teams all in one location, having sixty plus players all on site. Uh, that is it, it. There is something different about this World Team Tennis season, right? Outside of just the extenuating circumstances something about this year has felt special yeah no doubt i you know and look i think some of it is like like you know we had this player meeting this big player and staff meeting in the stadium the night before the the season started we went through everything we welcomed everyone we went through protocols but mostly what what i said and i really feel it now and i felt it then is that this is like one big team to get this done mm -hmm. this year you know, everyone is on the team, every player's on the team, every staff member, every production crew, the cameramen, the, the you know, our interns that are driving the, the players around in golf carts, like every single person matters to, to make the team be successful. And I, I think that's kind of come across um, in the play, in the, the, the faces and the smiles of all the players. And it's, it's, uh, it's been great to see. And We'll keep working hard for a few more days, and I think you know we're going to have a great a great playoffs. I mean, the four teams that are going to make it, there's still a cut. You know, still Orlando and Washington are battling for that fifth spot. Uh, Orange County Breakers still have an outside shot; they need a little help, and so it's not over till till the end of Thursday when the regular season finishes. No, absolutely. As you mentioned, I think it, the Empire, the Castles, the Breakers all on that bubble there. I had a theory for the duration of the first two weeks that you being the David Stern-esque figure you are would ensure that the <laughs> Bryan brothers make it into the playoffs. I was like, it's going to be some rigged stuff. We're going to see the Vegas Rollers in the playoffs, folks. And unfortunately, they haven't been able to get over the hump. But yes, to, to your point, again, it, it has felt like one big team. The level of play we have seen uh, has been so exceptional. And again, I, I want to ask you, about uh, the level of play that you've seen and just your thoughts on this home stretch. But, you know, to get players like Kleisters and Kennan and Fritz and Sandgren and all of these players bought in, uh, you know, I I'm sure that's been beneficial to you guys, but I we don't see these ratings yet. How have, you know, having ESPN and CBS Sports and the Tennis One app as your partner's tennis channel, of course, as well, uh, that relationship has gone well throughout this process as well? 
Oh, it's been great. I, I think uh, I think the audience that we've generated this year, I mean, we already had a great relationship with CBS and ESPN, but, you know, CBS called us. They wanted the finals to be on CBS broadcast for the first time. That's super exciting. We had a great match on CBS broadcast about a week ago with Vegas against Washington. Uh, biggest ratings ever, nearly 500,000 viewers. So it's biggest biggest rating World Team Tennis has ever seen. But I also think adding the Tennis Channel um, was a big deal this year. You know, uh, Tennis Channel is still a home base for tennis fans. And, you know, even if you tune, you, know, you tune in today and all day, the entire day is World Team Tennis on the Tennis Channel. So I think that's been great. And then, and then look, maybe, maybe because of the times we're in, but moving so many matches from ESPN Plus, which is a great platform, but it's still a subscription platform um, for, you know, for sort of higher end uh, sports fans and, and less general audience. And, and we moved a whole bunch of matches to ESPN too. And I think those audience numbers uh, were really great too, because as you know, Alex, so many people put on ESPN and ESPN two as like a, a place to hang out. And next thing you know, they're watching, they're watching, you know, Kim Kleisters or Sophia Kennan or, or Venus or, or tennis Sangren, you know, or Taylor Fritz live on, on ESPN two. And I, I think, I think the players want to be there too. So they were excited about it. So uh, I think great audience growth and, uh, and we'll continue to build it into 21 for sure. Absolutely. Again, it has been so refreshing, so delightful for all of us tennis fans to have World Team Tennis back as a product once again. And, you know, it's even delightful from the DraftKings perspective, right? I know DraftKings uh, friends of you guys at World Team Tennis, friends of us here at Cracked Rackets as well. Just to be able to get back in on the action has been so delightful, although I have been burned repeatedly when I've taken the New York Empire women's singles flight. Of course, you're going to ride Kim Kleister's whenever. And then at the last second, Kim Kleister's gets pulled for the lineup. I think that's been four of my losses. On <laughs> but, you know, that's half of the battle, right, Carlos? That's just right. how, uh, how things break down every Makes so it often. Keeps, but- it keeps it exciting. Yeah, exactly. And again, I want to be conscious with your time. So my last two questions for you, and I'll, you know, they're simultaneous since they're related. A, your most surprising performance, whether it be from a team, from an individual during this 2020 season, from a tennis perspective, and then B, who are you expecting to bring home the King Cup this weekend? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's not a, not an easy answer to the first one because I've been <laughs> I've been so impressed with so many players and and how big you know their games. I mean, Taylor Fritz is just playing lights out. Uh, Jack Sock, unbelievable, uh, and I, you know just super impressed. You know, Neil Skupski serves crazy. Um, Kim Kleisters, I mean, it's like she doesn't she didn't lose a didn't miss a beat. And, 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 uh, you know, really, I mean, you can't believe how hard she's hitting, how hard she's hitting the ball. And so, you know, those are just a few, but I, I mean, really the list is long. I mean, it just goes on and on, uh, with how well, uh, everyone's playing. And I think Alex, you've seen it like every day, everyone's gotten a little bit better too, because look, let's face it that, you know, they weren't, they were practicing, but they weren't playing competition and competition's different than practice, right? Alan, Alan Iverson taught us that a long time ago. And, uh, and so, you know, as they've, as they've come to, as they've come back live in these matches, I think everyone's gotten better and better. So, uh, it's, uh, I'll be excited to see sort of how a couple of points are going to change the playoffs and, and ultimately, you know, who becomes the champion, literally. 
Yeah, no, again, that was an evasive answer as well as I didn't hear a specific team, you know, a prediction from the King Cup as a commissioner shouldn't, I suppose. Um, yeah, no, the level of play has yeah, been Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, hard, hard, for me to, hard for me to pick one team for sure. But but I tell you, <laughs> if you, if you look at the – if you look at the sort of four or five teams that are likely to get in and you look at some of the matchups, Alex, um, you know, you're going to, you know, Sloan Stevens going to be in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Kim Kleister's maybe in the playoffs. Sophia Kennan's definitely in the playoffs. So just there, just thinking about a couple of those matchups. And then, you know, Taylor Fritz is going to be in the playoffs. Uh, Brandon Nakashima is going to be in the playoffs. Um, Tennis Sandgren in the playoffs. I mean, there's, I mean, you're talking like, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals of majors in all of those names. And they're all going to be, they're all going to be playing singles, doubles and mixed doubles over the next few days. And I, it's going to be great. It's going to really be great. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You get Bouchard, Maddox Sands as a doubles team as right. well. Rajiv Ram thrown in there. I mean, literally right. Grand Slam champions this weekend. No, so. there's like literally Grand Slam trophies littered around the court every time I walk down there. It's really amazing. Like I said, take them all, force them into the nuclear bunker, keep them there until 2021. So at a minimum, we will <laughs> have idea. the world team tennis rocking and rolling. Uh, Carlos, it is always a pleasure. I know you have to go. All I ask, I am writing my awards column, my MVP, my all team, which is singles, doubles, you know, mixed doubles, whatever. All I ask, throw me an MVP vote because I have some thoughts. The kleisters Kennan debate this year, very, very fun. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think uh... – I think a great debate. I mean, existing Australian Open champion and then, you know, uh, six-time Grand Slam champion in Kim. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, on the MVP side, I think you're right. I mean, both of them are there. You know, but you can't also discount others. Like, you know, Jessica Pagula has played lights out in the Orlando Storm. I mean, lights out. And, I mean, her doubles the other day, tennis was – Tennis Sangram was, like, sort of bowing and, and like, in appreciation of some (laughs) of the amazing shots she hit. So – so I still think there's a few and, and look, you know, Taylor Townsend's always tough and continues to, mm-hmm. to help Philly win every, every day too. So there's a lot of great players. Uh, it's funny. We had our production meeting this morning. We've got to put our, our MVPs together for the regular season and then ultimately for the, for the finals. And it'll be a very, a very difficult selection for sure. But, uh, but that's, that's what makes it great. It's great having so many players in world team tennis. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I have a little voter fatigue with Taylor Townsend, but, you know, again, I understand the choice. I also can't believe you didn't veto that Coco Vandeweghe trade. That was some Chris Paul to the Lakers minutia, you know, canoodery, whatever that uh, maybe could have gotten the veto button. So I would have laughed at that. But, you know, again, I, I think well, yeah. beyond anything else. Yeah, sorry, go no, ahead. It's, no, it's great. Yeah, that was a, definitely a last-minute trade. But And look, last night, uh, you know, they played great, but – but the Orlando Storm still managed a way to to beat them by a couple of games there in the end. So, uh, you know, again, even with the trades, and you got to appreciate that Luke Jensen's doing what he can to try and get into the get into the playoffs because you can't win the you can't win the Kin Trophy if you don't first make the playoffs. So, uh, so yeah, it'd be, no. it'd be an interesting two days, Alex. You know, stay tuned. No. Yeah, without question. And again, it, it's just fun to see trades, free agency, MVP discussions, all of these things associated with tennis as well. And so on behalf of the entire tennis community, again, Carlos, a huge shout out goes to you and the entire World Team Tennis Organization for being able to uh, successfully hold this event thus far. Again, ensure the safety and health of everyone participating and then offer some fantastic tennis as well. So I know you have to head off to a production meeting, but you know a seat is always open here on our podcast for 
for you. Thank you for taking the time to chat. And again, good luck to you, you know, in maintaining safety, health. I will be knocking on wood, of course, and I will be enjoying well, thank, all the thank, final yeah, action. Yeah, thank you, week. Alex. And uh, I, I'm always, I always love coming on the show. So uh, hopefully we'll do this again next week when the season's done and we'll do a nice recap together. But thanks to all the fans out there and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, Carlos. Okay, see you, Alex. Hope all of you have enjoyed my conversation with World Team Tennis CEO Carlos Silva. I've said it so many times throughout this podcast, but enough credit, can, you know, enough praise cannot be thrown on uh, World Team Tennis as, as an organization, on Carlos specifically for just the immense amount of hard work they have put in to pull off something like World Team Tennis in the midst of a global pandemic. It's not easy, folks. And so, again, shout out to all of them for making you know this sort of experience, creating it for all of us to enjoy. It's meant so much, I know, to me as a tennis fan. Uh, to see my favorite players back on court, to see, you know, have that sort of rhythm back into my life. And I'm sure I speak for tennis fans everywhere when I say that. So shout out to Carlos. And as he mentioned, we are sure to have him back on the show, either in the immediate aftermath of the season or a couple of weeks later to recap what we saw, to talk about what worked, what didn't, talk about the, you know, the top performers, all of the various awards, all of that fun stuff. We'll have him back on in the future. So shout out to Carlos. Uh, and again, we've had so many great conversations on the podcast as of late. Mark Lucero joining me every Monday for our weekly updates on the World Team Tennis season. I'm sure he'll be back next week as well for one final one. Uh, cracked interviews-wise, we've had so many great guests. You know, we were down in Miami and Nicholasville, been able to release a lot of those interviews as of late. Players such as, you know, Riley Opelka, Shelby Rogers, CeCe Bellis, Brandon Nakashima, Tennis Sandgren, Sam Query. I could go on and on and on. Rather than that, I recommend just go subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can see all of those interviews on video. You can also catch each one of them on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed. Uh, those, again, going to continue to be released over the course of the next couple of days and weeks. Uh, and then, of course, on our Great Shot podcast, we are so excited to launch our brand new Ace of the Day segment brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. There are a ton of exhibitions going on across the world right now. There's also World Team Tennis and, of course, we are all eagerly anticipating the return of ATP WTA ITF action. So if you want to get in on the action, put a little bit of money in your pocket, go listen to those Ace of the Day segments on the Great Shot Podcast. And of course, like, rate, prescribe, subscribe, review the GSP, Cracked Interviews Podcast, this podcast, the Inside Out Podcast, and our YouTube channel. If you have missed any of that content, of course, pop on over to CrackRackets.com where you can find everything and more. Uh, you want to reach the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's at Crack Rackets. You want to reach out to me directly. I am at Great Shot Pod. Shout out, as always, to the super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for the f of an editing job they do day in, day out. Again, even when there's no sanctioned tennis, there's always something to talk about in the tennis world. We get to talk about it here at Crack Rackets. They're the people who make you uh, make it available for you listeners to hear. So shout out to the both of them. Shout out to the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use the promo code CR15. Go to Aerobar.com. Use that promo code Cracked15 as well. All part of the look good, feel good, play good mentality here at Cracked Racket. Shout out, of course, as always, to our Patreon subscribers. We are 
forever grateful for your continued support, especially during these times when tennis probably not at the forefront of your mind, yet you all continue to support us anyways. And if that's something you might be interested in, again, be sure to go check out our Patreon uh, subscriber, I guess, portal. You go to patreon.com, you search Cracked Rackets, you'll be able to find us. Shout out to all of you who, by the way, have been hooking up and getting merch as well. Our Cracked Rackets store open for business. So if that is something that is interesting to any of you, uh, again, please feel free to go hop on there. You can find it all on our website. But with that being said, for our wonderful guests today, World Team Tennis CEO Carlos Silva, our super producers Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, folks? That's the break, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.